Welcome to the Bluegrass Bammer podcast. I'm Stephanie Boyd, your host. In case you didn't know, Bammer stands for Badass Mother Runner. This podcast will bring you stories from across Kentucky and beyond about badass women running and the people that support them. Let's get started. Hey guys, it's Stephanie Boyd back with episode 21 of the Bluegrass Bammer podcast and just a couple of show notes for you. This particular episode was actually recorded pre- prior to this week, uh, but kind of towards the beginning of all of the COVID-19 changes that were starting to occur. And um, so I just kind of want to give you that as a contextual reference as we're chatting um, during this podcast, this was pre-recorded from today's date. So if you hear things that don't sound quite on par with what's going on in the real world today or this week, uh, that's why. But I do think it's timely because there is a lot of seriousness going on in the world right now. Um, there's a lot impacting a lot of people as it relates to the COVID-19 um, crisis that we're having. And Rhonda's discussion with me is really appropriate for a couple of different reasons. One, she's a Boston marathoner and her Boston bound trip that was scheduled for this spring is now delayed until this fall. Um, and of course that, that is due to the impact of COVID-19, but also, um, Rhonda is just one of those fun, fresh people that's very positive all the time. And so I felt like the timing was right to release this, this week, instead of holding it and talking about Boston later on in the year, because I think, um, we all just need a little bit of positive reinforcement and positive vibes in our life right now. So I hope you enjoy this perfectly fun uh, conversation that I have with Rhonda. If you know her, you'll you'll certainly enjoy it. And if you don't know her, I know you'll enjoy getting to know more about her. And um, I hope it brings a little bit of light of sunshine to your day. So enjoy the next episode. Good morning or afternoon, everybody, depending on what time you're listening to the podcast today. But welcome back to another episode of the Bluegrass Bammer podcast. And uh, today I have with me a, um, she's a friend, she's a runner, she's an amazing mom, and all around fun person to be around. And if you've listened to any of these other recordings, you, um, and know people are familiar to you, then my next guest is probably going to be familiar to you as well. She's a local fixture here in Louisville in the running community, and I want everyone to uh, welcome and meet Rhonda Braden. Good morning, Rhonda. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. So we both have our coffee this morning, and um, we were just kind of talking about how this podcast episode was going to go. So you all might hear us drinking our coffee. We were in the middle of the COVID-19, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. We're not in quarantine yet. We're, we're just uh, social distancing. So we're having our meeting, Not we're well within six feet away from each other um, via Skype. So we're doing our part. <laughs> so are you, how are you hanging in there, Rhonda, with all of the social distancing stuff that's going on? Is that hard for you or no? Um, uh, a little. I did go out shopping last night. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's more out of necessity than like that's, right. grocery shopping is not a social event for me. So. Right. Well, grocery shopping was, and that was just fun shopping last night. <laughs> oh, nice. I haven't done any of that recently. There's not that many. There wasn't that many people out, but uh, yeah, grocery shopping on Friday night was a nightmare. Yeah, and I heard. It took like 
well over two hours. I've got probably $200 more than I needed mm-hmm. only because I had to get things that, that were out that I had to substitute, you know. Yes. More expensive or. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, more stuff for dinners because sometimes yep. we're on the found dinners. So I had to try to get things for dinner and I can't believe all the toilet paper was out. I didn't need any. And I Thank had goodness. to go shopping just because I was out of everything before <laughs> I needed to go like for the whole week, but my kids were right. sick and it never fails. Whenever I have to go grocery shopping and I'm out of everything, there's a snowstorm and now it's in it. Well, you know, I, we're going to get through this. I know we are. I'm glad you had toilet paper because I hear yeah. that is in sparse. We, we typically buy like p- paper products and things in bulk at Costco. So we had just been to Costco like not very long ago. Um, so I think we're good on like paper products and things like that. Um, so yeah. if we, if you need to run out to Simpsonville, we'll throw some out the front door at you. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And my mom needed, uh, I ended up calling my mom because she didn't uh-huh. thing, and I asked her, and of course she says she needed toilet paper, and I was like, for real? For real, mom. <laughs> Be prepared. Boy Scout preparedness here. Okay. Wow. Well, we're going to get through it. We did get to both sleep in this morning, and we're having our coffee, so we're just going to, you know, do you have anything to do, or we're, we're just going to hang out for a little while and chat, if that's cool with you? <laughs> Definitely. I need to okay. run, but my running's been sparse lately, but. That's later. Yeah, let's talk about that. So first of all, why don't, for people that don't know you, now that we have the um, COVID-19 pleasantries out of the way, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, how you identify as a, as a person, as a human being? Identify first as a uh, mother. I have two sweet, challenging <laughs> kids. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> I had my kids late. So, uh, you know, that's. Uh, challenge. So I identify myself myself as a mother first, and then um, I'm a single mom, and I work full time, and I've been at my company going on 33 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and and then a runner, and uh, you know just an overall <clears throat> uh, mother, daughter, friend, all that. Um, yeah. I try to run, and my running is um, not. Uh, <laughs> Probably, I guess everybody has issues with trying to keep up training and, and trying mm-hmm. to keep that, you know, especially single moms and full-time moms, but mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I think those are all good words to describe you, um, and your kids are very sweet, and I oh. don't know about the challenging part because I'm not with them 24 hours a day, but they're very, very sweet, so. Yeah, well, they're just uh, 12, and, 12 and 10. Yeah, so they're in that age where they're starting to be even more like, um, you know, mine are thir- will be 13 and 11, and they're at that age where they're becoming more independent and, like, turning into, like, small adults now almost, you know. Right. So it's um, – we're moving into a different age, like, era of parenting, I've noticed. So. Right. So, yeah. But, yeah, kid's definitely sweet. You're definitely a runner and a loyal um, – we're uh, uh, employee being at your company for that long, for sure. Um, so tell me, so I know about your running history and for um, now, I do want to say the first time I ever met Rhonda, I won't spoil it, but I, I want to share that story too, if we get to it, um, because it's pretty funny, but you know, hindsight's 2020, <clears throat> but um, 
It's really funny how Ron and I met. It's not interesting how we met. It was very uh, run-of-the-mill how we met, but I was scared to meet Rhonda for the first time, which is funny now. Um, but Rhonda, why don't you tell us, when did you start running? What's your first memory of running, or were, were you young, or were you older when you started running? Oh, the very first time I started running, I ran as a uh, freshman in high school, just uh, cross-country. I never ran track and I only ran one year, um, and it was kind of a cross training to my, I was a speed skater, uh, roller speed skater, mm-hmm. so I did that as a, I had um, weightlifting as a class, as a freshman, <clears throat> and I also did um, running, but I've always been on the athletic side, not that I was mm-hmm. great at anything, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, you know, so I only ran my freshman year. And then um, after that, it was probably every three or four years, probably when somebody was doing a charity run or some event and said, hey, run with me. And mm-hmm. uh, at those times, I didn't do any training. I just, <laughs> it was like a, a six mile run and I would do a six mile run. And then of course, couldn't walk for two, three days afterwards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, um, and then I probably ran my, and then my mother-in-law, uh, my ex-mother-in-law, she was running and um, I started running with her. And so that she started my new journey as an adult, uh, really into running. So, so I ran before you had the kids? Half. Yes, this was before I had the kids. Okay. <clears throat> I did, uh, you know, I, I think I did the uh, mini marathon, probably like 2006, 2009. So it was just every couple of years. Uh, it wasn't anything regular. Mm-hmm. And then and, um, a couple of uh, friends um, that I started running with because one of my coworkers uh, ran and he asked if, you know, I said, oh, you know, he asked if I would like to join the running, you know, little running group. And I did. And uh, so we ran like some little small races. They're from Indiana. So we didn't get to really run together that much. And then they all decided that they wanted to do a marathon. Mm-hmm. And this was, uh, I think, 2012. Two, yeah, 2012. They decided to do a, a, a marathon. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my gosh. There's no way I'm going to be able to train for a marathon and ever do anything like that. But I said, if you all are doing it, I'm doing it. <laughs> they actually went to Tennessee, and I did the local KDF. That was my first marathon. And that was uh, in um, April 2013. That was my very first ever distance, long distance. What yeah. was your impression of that when you finished? Because obviously, did you, I'm assuming you kind of did a training plan or training schedule for that with your run group. But because yeah, these other races you hadn't really trained for. So what was your thought process just about when you crossed the finish line? I mean, what was your reaction uh, to that? Oh, yeah. I did follow, oh gosh, I did follow the um, Hal Higdon, um, okay. uh, what's it, uh, what's the, the uh, intermediate, not intermediate, what's Interval- the novice. Novice the, uh, uh-huh. yeah. yeah, and, uh, you know, I was, I, I was doing, we did, my the, the group, we met a lot on the weekends and ran, so we were, you know, running, and we were doing some half marathons here and there, so when we did the KDF, I didn't have any expectations, I just wanted to finish, I was uh-huh. hoping to you know, probably be about four and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but running and, and coming across the line was just exhilarating. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just, I was like, 
oh my gosh, I can't believe I, I finished. And mm-hmm. actually during the race, I had no idea where I was or, uh, I mean, I knew on the course where I was at. Right. Just timing wise, <laughs> you didn't really know. Time wise, because I didn't know what to expect. Um, and about, uh, I don't know where the mile was. I think it was before 20 when you go up the big hill behind uh, Mid-City Mall. Yeah. That, that's where that used to be, the yeah, course. The course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some girl come flying past me. And, you know, she looked younger than me. And some guy that I was running with <laughs> said, you go, Boston. And I'm like, what? What? She could qualify for the Boston Marathon? And I was like, oh, my gosh. So I'm like, you know, if she's younger than me, maybe I have a chance. I had no clue what the time was. Uh, I was like, Boston. Right. I had no idea. When it- marathon, yeah, you didn't know. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I can't slow down now no matter how, no matter how. <laughs> How tough it is. Uh, so when I come across the line, um, actually, we looked it up, and uh, I had bought, qualified for the Boston Marathon. Uh, what helped was uh, that that next year, when it when it was uh, went up in age group, mm-hmm. so I would have missed it by probably a minute, less than oh a minute. Gosh. But I, uh, I qualified by nine minutes, a little over nine minutes. So, and if <clears throat> and I was like, uh, oh my gosh, I could what? I just couldn't imagine. I was just on cloud nine. Uh, my smiles couldn't stop. You know, well, I was smiling anyway, just because I, I finished. I, did, right. I didn't die. I didn't die on the course. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but to do that, and I, so if it probably wasn't for qualifying for Boston the first time, I may or may not had ran another marathon. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure if my friends did. I mean, I loved it, but you know, I, I wasn't sure. I'm sure I would have kept on, but definitely. And it's all about Boston now. That was a motivator. Yeah. Definitely. So after you did that first marathon and you thought, oh, okay, this is, you know, I've got a carrot, you know, yeah. at this point, how did your training go after that? Oh, um, and before, and what helped, and I didn't realize this, but what helped before uh, my run, when I, the marathon, my first one, I was doing boot camp, high intensity training, kettlebells. I was doing all that before we decided uh, to do the marathon. So mm-hmm. I didn't realize how important all that was to train. So after the first marathon, I just started focusing on my running because I was, mm-hmm. to, you know, try to keep up my time or my pace and be able to maybe, maybe qualify again for Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and so I ran the Indianapolis Monumental. So I kept up. I think I did the uh, um, um, Hal Higdon Novice again. I can't remember. I may have done the uh, intermediate. Um, but my training was sparse because of my kids and when I could train. And most of my training is on a uh, treadmill, unfortunately, because uh, my kids were so young at that time. They were like three and six. <clears throat> right. So just trying to get my training in. So I didn't get all my runs in, you know, all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so probably leading up to the the next marathon, which was Indianapolis, I started getting the uh, IT band problem. Mm-hmm. And then the, the next race, I got the runner knee problem. And that was all from not doing just focusing strict on my running. Right, just strict running. And I didn't realize because I was new. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Right. <laughs> right. And going through physical therapy had I learned how important uh, those other aspects of running are mm-hmm. to, to keep you healthy, injury-free. Um, you know, you'll always have some things, but um, in my 
my nutrition isn't always up to par. It was probably better back then. But, really? Uh, yes. Uh, and I got to get back into it. I'm starting to. <laughs> I, I, I eat well. It's just I want to do more clean eating. Yeah. And the kids being single and running around. I don't have time on probably Sunday, which I should, to do meal planning and preparation. And with the kids' activities, you know, uh, we do hit, uh, unfortunately, um, the fast food drive-through because whatever's clean. Because by the time I get off work, I barely have time to pick them up, barely have time to get them to their game or practice, barely have time to get back home. It's just a, it's a struggle. So. Yeah, that's like hockey for us. I mean, it's like, okay, do you want to eat at four thirty p.m. or do you want to eat at nine thirty p.m. Because right, <laughs> yeah, right. And what are we eating? And what can you take in the car with you? And it's a circus. Right. But I totally yeah. hear you. So I think that you bring up a good point, though. When we, uh, I know a lot of people, and I'm probably a victim of this too. When we started training, like for that longer distance marathon distance. The, for the first time, you take it so seriously. Like I remember I was doing cross training, making sure I was eating right. Um, and thank goodness I had people like my husband to help me. But and because in my training plan, like I followed it to a T, I didn't deviate from it. And then it's like once you get that first one under your belt, you start to be a little more flexible. You know what can work for you. But then you let something slip because you're like, eh, I've done this before. You know, right. and you kind of get away from those really best, like best practice things. So, so, you know, moving forward, you're training for Indy and everything. When did Boston become like a reality for you? And tell us about that. Oh, oh, well, registering and getting accepted. Oh, my gosh. Oh, cloud nine. Um, so Indy was my second race and I had qualified for uh, Boston again. And uh, that was, I had my PR uh, at my second marathon and I haven't been able to reach it yet. Again, close, mm-hmm. but not. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I still had the momentum of uh, all that cross training and stuff behind me. And then, so Boston was my third race. And uh, Amazing. That was, what year, and what year was that? Was that 2015? That was uh, 2014, the year after the bombing. So okay. when I did KDF, I can't remember that. I think that was a week or it's like five days after the 2013 bombing. Mm-hmm. So to know that I qualified and they had that bomb and, and the bombing, it was just, I felt even more thankful <clears throat> that, yeah. And determined that, you know, that's not going to stop me. And um, so it was the, the year after the bombing was that my first Boston. That must have been kind of surreal. Like, I'm sure it was, you didn't know how to compare it because you hadn't raced it before, but it probably was pretty amazing to be there that year. Oh, it was. Boston. It was. It was just, I was just on cloud nine, uh, the athlete's village, uh, the whole aspect of it. Uh, Just to get to the race is a feat in itself. Um, Mm -hmm. You're aware because of New York. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but Boston, my first Boston, I had uh, I had to get a ride to the train station. Uh, we had to catch a, a train to get to the subway from the subway to the Boston Common from Boston Common, like a walk a mile to drop your gear off to get on the school buses. It takes 45 minutes before you can even get to the athletes village. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like a four hour <laughs> it's parade. Like a four hour parade and just each step. I was like, next leg. I was just so excited. No matter, I don't care how long it took me. Right. And I was high-fiving every kid, 
every person. I was, thank you, thank you. You know, the, I mean, it's amazing. They are like four deep, mm-hmm. the whole race, not more. And no matter what the weather is, there's people out there cheering yeah. you on in every town. That's just one of the amazing races that, I mean, even if you don't get to participate in it, go mm-hmm. and be a spectator. It's just amazing. Yeah. I wonder how difficult it is to arrange travel and lodging and stuff just to go spectate, like if you're from out of town. Right. Yeah. Luckily, yeah, I I imagine it's crazy. I stay with friends. Uh, I was lucky enough that my brother had some best friends that uh, lived uh, in Boston. Nice. Um, So they were right around on the mile, 10 mile marker line. Oh, wow. That's convenient. Yeah. Uh, They don't live there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they they still live in Boston, and that's that's where I go every time they let me stay with them. So thank goodness. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that helps out a lot. So you crossed the finish line there, and how did you do? Did you have a time goal for that, and did you meet it, or were you just like, I'm just happy to be here, kind of? I'm just happy to be there. Um, I did uh, had another Boston qualifying time, so I got a, a Boston qualifier for the next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was my best uh, Boston time. Uh, gotcha. Ones after that have not been so great, but um, oh yeah, no, actually the the one after that was better. Uh, <laughs> but later, <laughs> but uh, so I was just exhilarated. Uh, you, you know, you can't walk afterwards, uh, <laughs> and the, the and the most challenging part of that course is where they have the hills. So mm-hmm. I was just thankful that I could survive the hills uh, right. cuz where they have them is about mile 16 and heartbreak hill is mile 21 and then it's downhill after that but cross oh going down Boyston Street here in the crowd I mean I don't care if I was crawling across right. the line here in that crowd they're just cheering I mean it's so loud it's it's amazing I mean you can't uh just to hear and everything and you're like, oh, thank you. You go yeah. across, the, you really feel, feel like you're gonna pass out afterwards. But it was just, I was on cloud nine like the whole yeah. day. Oh, oh it was amazing. It was amazing. So did you stay down in the city and like watch other people finish? And what did you do after the race? How did you celebrate? Um, well, the some of the the people that I stay with, they have uh, friends that run it as well. So we all met together and. We actually, um, you know, by the time you go through the mile long um, uh, to get your supplies, your nutrition and stuff that they give you afterwards, it's just a feat. Because once you get done, you need to keep progressing to the family meetup place because so many run coming in. And that race that year, the uh, 2014, they had uh, like the uh, largest runners um, in it, um, you know, because it was the year after the bombing. So right. they accept more runners and stuff. So it was it's it was mayhem, but it was amazing. So we all met up in our local uh, in our local meetup spot, and then go and we went and changed. And I, I I couldn't move a muscle. Every every I was trying to change out of my clothes, and I had Charlie horses in every part of my body. And the worst ones were in the bottom of my feet, cramping. I, I was like, couldn't, yeah. And then we got uh, chicken noodle soup. Um, as a you know as a nutrition thing because that really helps so we did i think it was more the broth it's like uh, the best chicken noodle soup you've ever had probably yes 
And then we had to limp. We had to go like a couple miles after the race, a couple miles to get to the uh, subway station. Mm-hmm. And trying to trying to walk when you can't hardly can't hardly walk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. And I did an ice bath when we get back when I got back to the um, to our friend's house. So about a couple later. Oh yeah, I always usually do ice baths after uh, my races. It's torture. It is but torture. It yeah, but it does yeah. help. At least it does me anyway. <laughs> so now when I'm going to kind of cut through your story right here and just talk about how we met because um, it kind of ties into this. But so we are both in a, a running group together. And in that group, I had posted I was training for my first marathon. And uh, it was like a long, a longish run that day, like nine or 10 miles or something. And I had not really ever run that far by myself. So I posted in the group, um, does anybody want to meet me at this time out at the Parklands? And, you know, that was before I like got up at seven to run. Like this was like at 9 a.m. or t- it was late for running whatever day it was that I posted. And I thought no one's going to meet up with me. And uh, then all of a sudden this person, Rhonda, just who has been in the group also, but we have not met in person, pops up and she's like, I'm happy to meet. I'll meet you. I've got a I'm doing a long run before then, but I'll need like those extra miles. So I'll meet you. And so that was a little intimidating. Right. But I was like, OK, you know, a lot of people are doing long runs because it's, you know, training season for KDF. That was in my mind. And um, so I say, okay, great. I'll meet you this time, Ron, to see you then. And then I'm like, you know, I'm just going to go check this person out and, you know, see what she's all about before I meet her. So I'm asking some other girls in the group, hey, do you know Rhonda? Have you run with her? And they're like, oh, yeah, she's ran Boston like twice and she's super fast. And I was like, what have I gotten myself into? She's going to I'm going to die. She's going to kill me. And so I get to that. And I'm sure you haven't thought twice about it because you're just out there running and you're going to meet up with this person. But I am a nervous wreck the whole time I'm driving to the parklands. Like I tell my husband, I don't think I can do this. And um, sure enough, here you come. You come running up. You had been running, I don't know, all over the place because you'd already had like 16 miles in. And then you come running up to here's this fast, petite, like athletic person running at me. And I'm like, I'm, I'm going to die. I'm just <laughs> on my own death sentence and you're like good morning and I've already got 16 miles in and you're like and I'm just like yeah Mm -hmm." and you're like so what pace do you want to run and I do remember you asked that which was so kind and I was like I'm really slow and I told you my pace and I think at that time I was running like a 1030 you know which for me was pretty good for marathon distance or whatever and um you were like okay no problem and I think it was the fastest eight or nine miles I've ever done in my life. And we probably <laughs> averaged like a 945 or a 10, which was much faster than what I'd been average pace for that distance up to that point. So I felt so, I want you to know, I was scared to death of you, but by the time it was over, I felt like I'd known you my whole life. I was not scared of you anymore and you didn't kill me. So thank <laughs> you for not killing me. <laughs> You're welcome. You were like, oh, I haven't ran this. When we were going at one pace, you were like, I don't know if I can keep this pace up. I haven't, you know, I was like, well, you know, we can slow down, but you're doing great. You'll be amazed on what your body can do and what you, and what you could do. And you did. Yeah. I was like, I can't be a quitter in front of this Boston marathon. <laughs> <laughs> you did great. And I, I had, it was the best moment that I've had meeting anybody running. And yeah, you were, we- you were so down to earth as well. And, you know, it was great. 
and you did you did great well i appreciate that coming from you that's a that's a compliment i didn't die and i went out and ran the rest of the week and felt fine <laughs> so yeah and i really do appreciate you like being open to doing that too because people who are trying to get in their training runs i mean for boston people are pretty serious you know and so i guess where you had it wasn't your first Boston you were training for or running. You were just like, it's fine, whatever, you know, yeah. <laughs> you probably didn't need to run that many miles that day. Anyway, you were just doing it, but <laughs> so, yeah, I bet I appreciate it because you, it wasn't like you had this air attached to you that you were, you know, not going to run with someone who wasn't in the same running pedigree that you were. So that was nice and very comforting, but um, thank you. Yeah. yeah so you, did you run a lot with moms around this town people at that point? Because looking yeah. forward now, I feel like you've done so many races with our group, like, or so many, you know, group runs now. And I hadn't remembered you being that involved before. No, I think uh, I had just started running with the group. It hadn't been that long. Um, but I don't normally get to meet that many runners to begin with just because uh, I have my kids every other weekend and depending on what's going on. So I, I was trying to meet, uh, go out and do my long run. So a lot of them, even if I did my long run, it was solo, which it's, it's hard. It's very hard mm -hmm. to run solo, especially in the long runs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I have, <clears throat> I have a couple other groups that I run with and which are way faster than me. So <laughs> You know, I, I, I know how it is. I want to exclude, you know, include everyone and not exclude anyone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think to some of the other runners from Moms Run This Town, when we do our relays and all that, you know, they know, like, Rhonda don't care what pace, you know, she'll go with, you know, whatever, whoever's, you know, anybody's doing, yep. you know. So I hope that people feel that I'm open and, you know, that I include anyone and I don't want to leave anybody behind. Oh, yeah, I think so. And what I do appreciate about you is you're open to anything new. So, like, I mean, you've run outside of Boston. Just tell us about some of the other races you've done. Because I remember when you showed up at Ragnar, I was like, what is she doing here? She doesn't run trails. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could do trails. I'm, I'm really nervous when I do trails because I um, always have a, a marathon, a road marathon coming up. So I'm always worried that I'm going to twist an ankle or twist it. Trails are so good for balance mm -hmm. and other cross-training aspects uh, and even endurance. Um, I wish I could do more trails. Uh, I'm a little nervous every time I do because I'm worried about getting injured for my next race. Yeah. But I would like to do more trails. Um, the Ragnar Relay, um, the Kentuckiana one, they're just so much fun. We you know, so you hang fun. out. With, yes, you hang out even with even if you're uh, – can't go to sleep because of the porta potty <laughs> doors crowded. <laughs> yeah, that first year we had right next to the porta potties. Yes. I didn't think I would ever, and I had to sleep outside uh, as well under the awning. I didn't even have a tent to sleep under the first year. I didn't know that. It, yeah, because all the tents were full. Yeah. Oh, it was cold. I had a uh, a sleep. I was in my sleeping bag, and I had about five of those hand feet warmer things. And with me, I, you know, I was building up like an Eskimo. <laughs> had the the hand feet warmer things all inside, and I had uh, my ear ear things in to try to keep from hearing the bangings of the um, the porta potties. And yep. I had my yeah, and I had my uh, I think I had my eye mask on too, and I had my um, 
uh, sleeping bag over my head. And I was in a lounge chair with another lounge chair pulled up for my legs. <laughs> that was my you know, <laughs> as, as crazy as that was, I mean, that year we had, there was like a hundred of us there and yeah. uh, from moms around this town. And I met so many women and it was really nice because we were there for over 24 hours. So you did get to like cross each other on the, you know, at the exchange relay area exchange, or you were even running at the same time as some other people were, or you were just hanging out at your tent or whatever. So right. that's been one of my favorite like group ex group race experiences. Um, but it was cold. But you know, if you're gonna put that many moms together in ex in a um, situation like that, like what you're talking about, the porta potties and the cold, like if <laughs> anybody's gonna survive, it's gonna be us. <laughs> <laughs> right. There may have been more bourbon involved than normal, also. <laughs> but yeah. Exactly, exactly. We all got through it. Yeah. And then you, bless your soul. We, so Rhonda and I also got to go to um, a New York City Marathon together. Um, Rhonda had qualified, got in through uh, qualified timing, and I was doing a char uh, charity team that year. Was that 2018? Yes. And so I couldn't find anybody that was going, and then all of a sudden Rhonda's like, I'm going, I'm in, I'm in. And I was like, okay, we have to go together. So we did, we got like all our, we got everything lined out. We're staying in Queens at this Airbnb and we knew, so I'm like, oh, at least I have Rhonda with me because she's run, you know, a major race before. I've never been to a race this big. We'll figure it out. Right. And then it was like planes, trains and automobiles just to get to Queens. It was, <laughs> I think Rhonda finally got back to our Airbnb. Like it, she had gotten there before me and then went into New York city to like, I had to wheel about and see all the sites or whatever. And then she didn't, she couldn't get back to Queens for some reason. It was like a nightmare on the subway. And so our first night we were exhausted because we were just like traveling the whole day to get there. And I mean, the two of us trying to get our travel plans, because like you said, just like Boston, right? It's like you have to get on the train, you have to get on the subway and you have to ride the subway to a certain point. Then you have to get off and walk to the ferry and then you get on the ferry and then you get off the ferry and then you get on a bus. <laughs> we didn't know what we were doing. I mean, because it's, we honestly we had like directions from people and then the subway system is different the morning of the race than it is. Like, so we found this guy, do you remember him on the, on the subway? Um, uh -huh. a car that had the blue rain jacket on and he right. ended up telling us he was from France right right and he had run like six uh, New York City marathons so we were like we are just sticking with you so we made friends with this guy and he took us all the way to the um, once you got to the ferry it was a little bit easier to like navigate but I was so uptight because I am just like a on schedule and a control freak and Rhonda's like so laid back and she probably hated me that morning because I was like we have to go come come boop, boop. and I was a nervous wreck and then once we got to where we were supposed to be at it was like kind of like what you said about Boston like we're here like let's just be happy and run this thing and we had to separate at that point and then I was so lonely that I didn't have you anymore um uh, well I wish I could have kept up with you then you were amazing that was <laughs> That was just, I think I was just all adrenaline, like just happy. And we had such yeah. good weather that morning. And I don't know how I did that because I was exhausted. I mean, how many hours of sleep do you think we had in 48 hours? Oh, not that many. Not much. We spent more time. I, well, I did. I think you did too. I, I spent more time underground. <laughs> we were like in subway rats. 
So I was, I was going from one subway to another, getting off the wrong direction. Our Queen's address had the same exact, because it was like 143rd Street versus Road. I can't remember. So I got off at 143, and it took me to uh, Brooklyn. So I get off at Brooklyn. <laughs> I'm walking around at 11 o'clock at night, Brooklyn. Don't know where the heck I'm at. Try not to look like, a, you know, with a, as a tourist. And I have my, of course, and how you do that with the luggage. You're carrying luggage. Right. <laughs> so then I get back on, thank goodness, because it was like the last um, subway ride or something. Back in, finally get in. And where someone told me to get off, I was listening to someone else's directions. Where they told me to get off near Queens was 12 blocks away. <laughs> and it was midnight. <laughs> And it was midnight. I mean, and I, I was carrying one luggage and rolling my bag and I was dressed in jeans and a, a sweater, I think. And and I had to literally run because I'm like, I don't know where the heck I'm at. You know, New York's New York. Right. <laughs> so I'm like running uh, uh, like 12 blocks. <laughs> so I, I was a night. nervous wreck. I was afraid you weren't going to make it. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to lose Rhonda and I'm going to have to go home and tell everybody that Rhonda didn't make it back with me and I'm going to, they're all going to hate me because I didn't bring Rhonda back with me. Where did you get, where did you get lost at? The first night coming in, I missed coming out of the airport. I missed, I got on the wrong bus because I was just going to take the bus to Queens and everybody was like, it's a quick ride, you know, blah, blah, blah. I got on the wrong bus and I went to Harlem. So I'm in, I get off the bus because it, after the first stop, it was clear I was not going where I should have been going. So I get off in Harlem. It's like, I don't know, 10, 8 or 9 p.m. And I go into the first Dunkin' Donut. And clearly, I'm not from Harlem, right? And I had this huge suitcase, leopard print suitcase with me. And I go into the Dunkin' Donuts. And the guy's like, I'm trying to, and I'm on my, my phone is almost dead. So I'm trying to find a charger so I can plug in my phone to get a hold of you. And he tells me that I can't charge my phone if I don't, if I'm not a patron. So I have to go buy a call. I did not want coffee. It was, I had, I bought coffee and a donut. And then I was like, can I use the charger now? And he's like, yeah. So I was charging my phone. It was literally in 1%. I was trying to find you. And this woman and man walk in this cup, really nice couple. And they were talking to the guy, I guess they were regulars. And, uh, I kind of listened for a minute. Her name was Stephanie. So I was like, oh, I like your name. Because literally we're in Harlem in this Dunkin' Donuts. It's like two feet wide by six feet long. So we're all sitting on top of each other. It's like I, I had to have overheard their conversation. So I'm like, oh, you must be pretty cool. That's my name too. And she started laughing. And she's like, where are you from? You're not from here. And so we started talking. And then they told me how to get to Queens from She's like, baby, you are far away from where you need to be. And I was like, yeah, I know. And I really appreciate you helping me. Can I buy your coffee? And she's like, no, no, it's good. So thankfully, two very nice people in the Dunkin' Donuts explained to me I wasn't where I was supposed to be. So I go out to get in a cab. They tell me where the first cab um, line is. No one's standing at the cab line. And the first cabbie refuses to take me to Queens. He's an older gentleman and he doesn't speak English very well. And he's like, no, no, I don't go to Queens. No, I won't go to Queens. So I go to the second cab and he's a very young guy and he's um, rose a window down. And I was like, you know, the cabbie up there won't take me to Queens. And he's like, oh, he won't take you to Queens because you have to go across the bridge. And I guess I have to pay a fee when they go across oh. the bridge. 
bridge. And he was like, I'll take you. I was like, I will tip you so generously if you will just please get me safely to my Airbnb. And he started laughing. And so he took me and it was, it was fine, but it was just like a comedy of errors trying to get from the airport to the Airbnb. I mean, it's like, I like, I think it was you and I trying, we had that much problem. How were we going to get to the race start on race day without any difficulty? It just wasn't going to happen. So it was quite an adventure. I didn't even tell my parents or my husband about my first night there because they would have totally freaked out. Yeah. yeah. And I was so thankful of your logistics. That, <laughs> they weren't that good. That's the problem. Oh, but still, you were like, I got I to gotta go somewhere. I got to be somewhere. I'm not late. And I'm always late. <laughs> That's the one thing. I'm, I'll be late to my own funeral. But I was like, <clears throat> even though we spent more time, because a lot of times when we were lost, we were separated. So I yes. spent more time underground. Trying yep. to just get to one place. And now I'm like, I should be a, I'm a whiz at, you know, at, at New York now. My brother's like, it's so easy because he used to live in New York. Right. Like, what for me? I didn't know there well, was two 140 or two. <laughs> exactly. And I think if we went back now, it would be a completely different experience. And we would know better, like, where to stay. And, you know, I right. just think, I mean, not that where we stayed was bad because we had a great dinner, like, the night before the race. And everyone was nice that we ran into there. Um but I would stay closer and, you know, I would go with people who are running it the first time just to help them because you're already anxious and like nervous and, you know, how to navigate all that. And then on top of it, not have anybody that knows it, we were so fortunate to run into people that were just like, follow us. Right. <laughs> I'm like, but I had a blast even, I mean, I had a complete blast and the rest of the day we like, we went down to Times Square and walked around with our medals on our neck and ate and shopped yeah. and, it was great. No, that's one so. that's great. That's one great thing about the running community. They are so helpful. They're so inclusive. Yep. You know, uh, I've never, if I, if I've met one person that was, uh, uh, you know, not very nice or I, I, I can't, I can't think of it. I've <laughs> never been in the running community. That's one thing yeah. I love about uh, running and every, every person you meet. But no matter what club you're in or what city, what town, um, everybody's always willing to help. Uh, mm-hmm. So nice. So that's one thing I could say about the running community that I love. Yeah, I agree. So now you're training, kind of thinking about training uh, for another race because you had a little rest period. Yeah. But you were training for Boston 2020. And tell us about that, how that's gone. And um, now we all know that Boston's going to be rescheduled for the fall. So I'm sure you're yeah. probably happy about that. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I am normally probably stuff like this. I would be upset. But the stars and moons must be aligning. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I had surgery in December and actually had uh, before it was, uh, wasn't planned. Um, and I, I had a race scheduled in January for Hawaii, and uh, I couldn't make that race. Um, and for Boston, it would only given me probably eight weeks to train. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, well, I've already qualified, already registered. I'll crawl across that line if I have to. Uh, training hadn't been going that well. Uh, I guess the surgery took more out of me <clears throat> than I thought. Um, so I was only up to six miles as my longest run for Boston. 
before it got postponed. So I'm thinking, I- I'm going to die. <laughs> I have no problem, you know, walking and running. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just, I just didn't want to be the last person where they interview. <laughs> so, uh, so now I have six months to train instead uh-huh. of six weeks. Because it's like yeah. down to six weeks. I was Good. nervous. I'm like, should I do this? Am I going to hurt myself? Um, so I got a little reprieve, and I'm, uh, I am thankful. Yeah. That it- <laughs> That's one of the silver linings of all of this going on right now, I think. Right. I mean, I know people that had really trained up and were ready for it, and I and I do feel badly for them. But, you know, okay. I I mean, in your situation, when you told me that, I was really happy because I know you, and I know that you were going to go and finish the thing. and whether, like you said, you had to crawl or whatever. So I was nervous for you. So I'm really glad now you have the time and the space to, you know, finish healing and, you know, kind of ease into your training and not hurt yourself. So I'm happy, yeah. even though you were probably sad. Oh, yeah. Because um, I uh, got onto a couple running blogs, and they said the, a marathon should be last on your list after the surgery. Really? It was, it was my first because <laughs> – because I already, I had already qualified, registered, you know, and right. I'm like, I'm gonna get that Boston Marathon. I don't, uh, medal. I, I don't care if I'm crawling. So, right. I think I told you this before is like, at least I'll have a chance to be in an upright position this time. Oh, I'm so happy about that. So, and I know you're gonna do great, and, um, you, you know, you've done this before, so. Yeah. So other than Boston, which is like, you know, I know for a lot of runners, that's like a dream type of race that not everybody is ever going to get to do. What other races do you kind of have like on your bucket list or what are some things that you think would be really fun that you haven't done that you want to try with running after Boston? Oh, well, my plan that um, what I always want to do is try to, I'd like to get a marathon in every state in all 50 states. And also would like to um, run the six major marathons mm-hmm. so uh, the, the coronavirus I guess will stop that for a while <laughs> right uh, yeah last year I did uh, Boston Chicago and New York uh, all in the same year mm-hmm. um, and so I was need went Tokyo London, London Berlin that's it yeah yep. so I'd like to do those at some point uh, and with my age uh, uh, it may be a hundred if I can make it there <laughs> <laughs> if I could, without rate, I'm only doing one state or two states. And, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. So I've done 12, uh, but I had some repeats. Um, I did Indiana twice uh, in Boston four times. So with my, I've done Philly, Erie, Carmel, Chicago, New York. And uh, my last one was Marshall, West Virginia. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I, I really like that race. I That's really like a lot of them. Well, no, uh, Marshall, it actually wasn't. It, uh, it was flat and fast. So, where they, because you run around the Marshall, it's around the area for the Marshall around University. The, oh, around the campus. Okay. So, yeah, that would be flatter. There's now, a Harper's, have you ever heard of Harper's Ferry? Well, you've already run West Virginia now, but that one is really hilly, but it's supposed to be beautiful. Oh, okay. Harper's yeah. Ferry. Mm-hmm. So I'm planning, hopefully, to uh, reschedule and do the, um, um, Hawaii one. Yeah. It's a total down here. I've never, I never did a total downhill and that will be hard to train for. Uh, 
It sounds painful. <laughs> we don't have a lot of total downhills here in my treadmill. I usually um, jack my treadmill. I, I, I yeah. put like a two by four or something on the back. <laughs> Interesting. Like, yeah. It's like reverse incline. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I put the you know front all the way down to the uh, lowest, and then I uh, I jack. I don't know if you're supposed to do that or not, but that, that's what I do. <laughs> We won't tell the treadmill uh, repair company yeah. what you do with your treadmill when they're not around. Yeah. I had on playing uh, the relay, the KDF relay. Yeah. But I think that that's postponed or canceled, I heard, maybe. I don't maybe. even really know. I don't think the official thing's come out yet, but I, it's looking that way, probably. Um, and the, I did the relay last year. It's so much fun. I mean, we had a blast, and I did two legs, so I ended up getting like a 15k in oh, that morning. So for wow. me, it was, yeah, for me it was really, it was nice because I wasn't spending my whole morning out there. I've run the marathon a couple times and a half, so it was a different experience. And then I didn't have to commit the whole time. I mean, we did stay, and we ran in at the end. We all ran in together, so that was that was really exciting. I tell yeah. people they've already done the the full and the mini and they want something different because like everybody's down there that day to run it. So if you kind of want to be in the mix and, you know, not have FOMO, the relay is a great way to All go right. down there and experience it in a different way. And the finish line this year was going to be a little different. So that was something else to, to get to experience. So I have a feeling they're probably going to cancel that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see though. I think they'll postpone it, I guess. Or just I don't know. I don't know how they would... I don't know how they would work that in terms of the timing, but I guess there's always the potential for them to do that. Yeah. And then I've uh, also done, it's been, I don't remember the year, but I've done um, the Ragnar Chicago, the road. Yeah. I did that. I did that with the uh, Mirrodin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I've also have on plan again is the uh, Kentuckiana uh, Ragnar. Yeah. I'll have that. Uh, I don't have too many other right now just because uh, I haven't looked far ahead to see what other states and where, um, you know, for my next. Cause I'm trying to, I don't try not to do any repeats of the right. marathon. So right. Not be 120 if I make it that <laughs> for, you know, my age, but I would like to do an ultra sometime. So I'll probably be, uh-huh. I'll probably be, you know, looking to you possibly yeah. maybe get training if I ever do that. But, you know, I don't want to experience what you and your husband experienced that one, the whole bud. <laughs> yeah, no, I, and, uh, you know, for you to do an ultra, I mean, I think as like as rigorous as your training plans have been for your other marathons, it wouldn't be difficult for you. It's just a right. matter of having the time to be able, because really for me and a lot of people, it's those back-to-back long runs that you do on the weekends. But if you're already running, you know, I mean, with marathon training, like I would rest on one of the weekend days, but with ultra training, I would do back-to-back long runs on the weekend. It's really helpful in terms of like just being tired and running when you're tired. And, um, but yeah, I mean, you could totally do it. Yeah. But isn't the ultra on a trail a little more difficult, more strenuous? You have to do You know, for me, my pace is slower on a trail and it really depends on the elevation, but like the pistol that I do every year, it's on road. 
so there are like Chicago 5050 is road. So they have a 50K and a 50 miler. And that's all around like the lakefront. Mm-hmm. So it's really fat, really, really fat, really flat <laughs> and really fast. So um, they, you have different options depending on what you want to do. And like here in Kentucky, I mean, even um, like the endurance races that they do here, like Backyard Classic and Ruts, those are trail, but they're not technical at all. I mean, oh. yeah, they're, one is a horse track and one is a, you know, a dirt trail that's just got a few roots here and there, but it's pretty flat. So you could start out with something like that and just see, because the other thing is if you're going to travel and do an ultra that's have a lot of elevation, it's really, really hard to train for that here. Um, so it's one of those things, a treadmill could work in your favor, you know, just for some, um, just getting used to hills and doing like hill workouts on your treadmill. Cause that's, um, I think that's a challenge for me with trails that are long distances is you have to go all the way out to like JMF or, you know, and for us, that's a little further away than people in Louisville even. So you have to like, okay, I'm going to carve out an hour just to drive out there and drive back. Plus the three to five hours I'm going to need to be running. So it's six to eight hours, you know, you could be gone on a Sunday potentially. So it's difficult just to, like you said, to find the balance of fitting all of it in plus being a parent. And I, you know, as a single parent, do you know other single moms that are running and training like you and just how, what do you have, do you have advice for other moms that are trying to balance running and, and taking care of their kids and working and all of that? Oh, I would love I would love to have some good advice. I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody has run, call Rhonda at 502. No, I feel like you do a great job of it. And so, you know, I just wonder if there are other women listening that are even thinking about starting running, not even training for a marathon, just like I want to run a 5K or I just want to get out and run three miles or a mile. Like how do you, what do you suggest? Oh, I've, I've had to break up uh, my running multiple times a day to get to get it in mm-hmm. uh, you know I've relied on uh, family members like uh, I've, my kids and I had stayed uh, stayed the night like with my brother so that I can get up super early to go you know especially on the long runs to meet <laughs> people but um, I have to run my, to get mine in I would get up super early in the morning before work or I take the kids to school and if I had to break it up, you know, if I had to do five miles here, five miles there, you know, I would break my long runs up into multiple runs if I had to just to get it in. Uh, yeah. yeah. So and thankfully, I have a treadmill. So if someone don't have a treadmill, I think some gyms, some gyms may have child care. Mm-hmm. Possibly I would utilize those. Um, but if you can, if they had a trip, so I couldn't leave. So I, I didn't leave the couldn't leave the house with mine. So but I would be able to go to the basement. Uh, and get right. some early miles in. Uh, shoot, I have a, I've ran a couple 20 milers on my treadmill before. It's not fun. <laughs> no. <laughs> but you do whatever it takes. And uh, one thing that I find extremely helpful is the uh, Moms Run This Town challenges. Mm-hmm. I think like in July and January and July, we do the team challenges. Mm-hmm. I am so motivated to get miles in on those. Uh, it, uh, <laughs> yeah. I say, kids, that's something to watch. I got to get some miles in. <laughs> They're like, mom's doing one another one of those monthly challenges. We can tell. Yeah. And, uh, and I know they have the stroller runs. So yeah. uh, Sarah Joe and them, they, so if, if, if you can meet up with other moms that have kids, 
Um, I've heard that some people do like one, one mom will watch the kids on the playground while the other ones get to go run. Uh, yep. or if you have a stroller, you involve them and involve them as much as you can. Um, yeah, yeah. mine are at the stage. They don't want to run with me right now. They did a little earlier. Um, mm-hmm. they did country and I, I, I got some practice in when they were cross country practice, I would run, I was running with them. Yeah. So, and if they're at, uh, you know, basketball practice or soccer practice, I, I was out running during their practice. So always have like a change of running clothes in your car. That's what right. I say. Cause you just kind of, you have to seize the moment sometimes to get right. it in. Yeah. yeah. And I uh, ran in jeans before jeans and a shirt. <laughs> that does not surprise me. <laughs> so, so just to kind of, I would also like to ask, um, people on the show before we end, um, because this is the Bluegrass Bammer podcast, and you know what Bammer stands for. When you think of the word Bammer, like what kind of woman or what kind of runner do you think about? What does Bammer look like to you? Bammer to me is any any woman that's uh, doing what they need to to get it done. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean you're super fast or you've got all these medals uh, that you're out there trying that you're out there doing what it needs, doing what you need to do to take care of yourself. Um, that, that you, that you do go out and meet women that you do go out and uh, get some races done. And, and, you know, a lot of it's just the struggle to get to the race. It's not how you do in the race, you know, and that you all, these, the, all these other things to be an overall round um, runner person so but some of these women i know they do race after race or just even get to training you know yeah i think especially the single moms and um people that has a lot of stuff going on that's just you know i can't can't think of what else i I know it's just I, i just don't think it means that you have to be super fast or uh, you know, it's just a strong woman. You don't uh-huh. have to be athletically uh, uh-huh. that, that you're out there. You're out there getting it done. Yep. I agree. I agree with that assessment. And I think you fit that bill completely. I mean, I just really always marvel at how you're getting your training in, how you're doing all these other things. And you always have a really positive attitude, which I know you're probably, I mean, there are some days you're probably like, this really sucks, but you are always smiling and happy and you just really lend a positive um, aura to everything that's around you and you don't get discouraged very easily, which I think all of that of your personality lends into all the success that you've had with running. I mean, even though you kind of started this whole distance running thing later in life, you've done so well with it. And I think a lot of it has to do with your attitude and just kind of your outlook on life in general. So I know you always pet me up when I'm around you. You're always like, make me feel more excited and positive. <laughs> so, yeah. And, oh, thank you. I appreciate it. And I know the, um, the Kentucky and Ragnar relays, uh, ladies, uh, yeah. Enjoy my cowbell and my bullhorn. <laughs> you know, I think you may, that race, those ladies, that's such a good mix of ladies that you um, were on a team with and befriended through that group. Yeah. But they have so many funny stories about you. <laughs> oh. Maybe we should just do a podcast where we talk about all the funny stories we have about Rhonda. Oh, funny. Yeah. That could be, yeah. that'd be longer than an hour. 
Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> no, really. I appreciate you coming on today and telling us a little bit about your story. And I know I'm really excited to watch you be able to have this reset and refocus and train for Boston in the fall. And we'll all be kind of cheering you on and, you know, watching to see how you're doing with your training. So we wish you the best of luck. And thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'll be looking forward to the challenge. So. Yes. Oh, we got to get one of those up soon. We might have to do it. We might have to do one in um, in April if this stuff keeps going on because people are going to need some motivation with all the okay. races canceled. That so. is definitely motivation for me. You don't know okay. how much it helps. I'm going to remember that. Thanks, okay. Rhonda. I appreciate it. Thank you. We need to go for Thanks for listening to this episode of the Bluegrass Bammer podcast. If you like what you've heard, hit subscribe to the podcast so you can catch the next episode when it's live. Also, you can find me um, on my blog. That is bluegrassbammer.wordpress.com. Or you can follow me at Bluegrass Bammer on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. See you next time. And until then, happy running.